so good. You know, we took a pretty good break from the book of Acts through uh, the month of December and the last couple of weeks, and so I want us to get back into the book of Acts so we can finish it out, because there are just some, some pertinent things for us to understand and to come to realize as we go into God's Word this morning. And so, uh, with that being, and uh, as we settle down and open up our, and i got to turn my little thingy doohickey on. I'm sorry. Thank you, Sister Susan. For the reminder. Okay, I got it. So, uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin to dive into his word this morning. Uh, dear Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, this morning, Lord, we, uh, we come to you uh, yielded and humble in your presence, God. We ask Jesus that you would just do your perfect work here this morning. Lord, begin in my heart. Touch my heart, Lord. Take your finger and stir my heart this morning. Holy Spirit, just raise up and do a work in and through my lips and my mouth and my mind and my heart. Lord, also, Lord, do a work in all of our fellowship's minds and hearts. Lord, stir our hearts this morning, God. Help us to hear your voice this morning. Help us to, um, to hear what you have to say very pointedly to each and every one of us. Lord, uh, our intent here this morning is to Lift you up, Jesus. We know, Jesus, that when you are lifted up, that all of us are drawn to you. I pray that all of us are drawn to you, God. I pray that we have ears to hear and eyes to see all the truth that you have for us this morning. And, Lord, it's my heart this morning that before people leave here this morning, that they understand that they have true salvation. That salvation, Lord, is, is our, our first step, Lord, in our life. Uh, for the new year 2020, no greater way to start the new year than to start with salvation. And Lord, that we would hear what salvation truly is this morning. It's my prayer, God, that you touch our hearts, touch all of us. And if there's one here or many here today that truly haven't really understood what salvation is, let this be the day of that true salvation for each and every one of them. And Father, we give you the honor and we give you the praise and we give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. If you open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 15. And while you're doing that, I'm going to kind of give a little introduction of the book of Acts. We're going to go through and catch us up to where we're at. In case any of you forgot, okay? Just in case. I know you all take notes, right? So make sure you do it. Listen to me. In Jerusalem, A.D. 30, Jesus died on a cross. He was resurrected on the third day and then ascended into heaven. Fifty days after Jesus' resurrection, the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, giving them power, giving them purpose and a plan. Out of joy, the church was born. And powered by the Spirit, Peter gave his sermon and 3,000 hearts were transformed. Hearing, receiving, and repenting the young church walked in unity and garnered praise. Out of joy, the gospel creates community, as we see here today. Peter and John then continued to spread the gospel through preaching and miracles, and the church grew by 5,000. In A.D. 31, Stephen gave a powerful sermon connecting the Old Testament to Jesus and rebuking the people for their hard hearts. Enraged, the people stoned Stephen, making him the first Christian martyr. In A.D. 34, the gospel continued to multiply through Philip's ministry in Samaria and Caesarea. Meanwhile, on the road to Damascus, the Lord transformed the heart of Saul 
a man who persecuted countless Christians, and Saul became Paul. After this conversion, the gospel continued to spread through the ministries of Paul and Peter. God used him to first reach the Gentiles. In A.D. 44, King Herod Agrippa I executed the Apostle James and had Peter arrested. But an angel rescued Peter, leading him out of the prison. As the believers were scattered because of persecution, the center of operation Christianity turned from Jerusalem to an and prophets gathered. Around A.D. 48, Paul and Barnabas were called to go Because all multiplication comes at a cost. But we must fight for and pray for unity to flourish in the church. We must be prayerful and open-handed as the church. We must continue to move forward for the good of the church and for the sake of the gospel. And out of joy, the church continues to multiply. Every day, the church multiplies. Every day, somewhere in the world, people are added to the church through confession and repentance, through the message of the gospel that is preached, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Every day, listen, the church is growing. It is growing. Y'all believe that? And listen, as we look around, sometimes we don't need to look around. Sometimes that's the issue. The problem is we look at the problems. Instead of looking at the problem solver. Amen. So listen, I want to encourage you. 2020, listen, get your eyes off of the world. Get your eyes off the things of the world. Get your eyes, listen, on the prize. What's the prize? The prize is King Jesus, who sits at the Father's right hand. And right now, listen, right now, this very moment, he's interceding on your behalf. He's interceding right now. Think about this. This very hour, there's a lot of churches that are meeting right this very moment in our country. Right now, this very hour, the glory of God, Jesus is being lifted up that all of us would be drawn into his holy presence. Listen, we are in his presence. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. We should be the most joyful of all people because we have that answer that has been imparted to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, because he lives, you and I can live also. We're here. This is a new day. And listen, and there is no new way. There's only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. So listen to Jesus this morning. Let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart as we go through Acts 15. Let him fill you this morning. Let him speak to your heart. And listen, if there's anything in there that doesn't need to be in there, listen, you need to cast it aside. You need to throw it down. If it's opposite of the character of God, you need to remove it. You need to get rid of it, girl. And we need to all get rid of it. Whatever it is, Jesus came for one purpose, to seek and to save each and every one of you. And it's my heart and it's my prayer that you understand that. We come from a diverse of backgrounds. We got people from up in the Northeast. We got people here with every denomination probably sitting in this room. A lot of different ones here. But it's not about the denominations. It's about the living, infallible word of Jesus Christ. It's about reading his word for yourself. It's about understanding his word for yourself. It's about getting underneath his word. It's about letting Jesus speak into your heart. Let him share with you his love for you. His love for you is everlasting. His love for you never diminishes. His love for you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love for you is so great. It is so deep. It is so huge. It is so wide. We can't ever measure the depth of the love that Jesus has for every one of us in this room. We know that he loves us. Why? Because we can look at that cross and say, Jesus loves us with an everlasting love. Jesus loves us like no one could ever love us. Your husband can't love you like Jesus can love you. And wives, you can't love your husbands like Jesus can love you. But we can sure try, and we need to start doing that. Amen? I need to start doing that. I need to do that. Listen, we need to love like Jesus loved us. 
And it was sacrificially, it was unconditionally, Jesus loved us and didn't ask anything but for us to love him in return. He wants to save us. He came to rescue us from ourselves, from the world, from the sin, from the depth of the devil's schemes and, and, and garbage that he brings on our lives each and every day. So Acts 15, man, we just talked about how Paul, and listen, this is how the devil works. You'll see him in this, how he works through people. And he'll work in people even in the church. And listen, and I want you to just, just be reminded of that. And I want to get into my next week's message, but uh, I want to, this is kind of like an introduction to next week's message. But today I want to talk about salvation today. You know, Paul and Barnabas went all through Galatia, those were predominantly all Gentiles in those areas, those regions. And Paul and Barnabas, through much difficulty sometimes, listen, they shared the gospel message. Paul was radically changed on the Damascus Road. And Paul left on that missionary journey with Barnabas, and they went to Cyprus, and people were converted, Jewish people in Cyprus were converted. Then he went up into the land of Galatia. He's all over in Galatia, going to all these different towns and Derby and different places. And he's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And Gentiles are getting saved by the hundreds. People are getting saved, getting saved, getting saved. And it turned some people off to the fact that Paul was stoned, left for dead. And he was actually, they said they drug him out of the city to leave him for dead and then what happens is the miracle either he was either dead and resurrected or he was healed from his wounds but he got up and he dusted himself off and went right back into that town to disciple all those people listen that's commitment to the gospel that's commitment to Jesus no matter what happens to you if you're a child of God it doesn't matter God will give you the strength if God has a plan and a purpose for you to get through to do something listen you're going to do it because you're going to get underneath Jesus and you're going to let Jesus equip you to do those things. He equips all of us when we obey him. We need to obey him. Acts 15, let's read together starting in verse 1. So these guys come back to Antioch. They share the joy of the salvations of the Gentiles and all this kind of stuff. And then look what happened. Some men came down from Judea, from Jerusalem, and began to teach the brothers. Look what they say. Said, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses... You cannot be saved. Isn't that just like the devil? You've got to add something to what Jesus did for them on the cross. We as people in the church today, we do that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to be baptized this way. You've got to be baptized that way. You've got to be able to speak this way. You've got to be able to speak that way. It's all about doing. And when it's about doing, it's not of God. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do right. I'm saying that our motivation should never be in the things that we do to check off a square. That's not living the Christian life. And that's what these guys are trying to do. He says, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. But after Paul and Barnabas had engaged them in serious Whatever was going on there. But after Paul. Into Jerusalem. And the elders of Jerusalem concerning this controversy. It was they never. They never resolved the argument. They never resolved it in Antioch. So he's calling them back to Jerusalem. So we saw. We saw in that first missionary journey. Like 100% Gentile converts. In Galatia. Now this brings to the table a problem for the Jews. Well, some of the Jews anyway. The question is, what are the requirements for one to be saved? That's a question for us to write down. What are the requirements for us to be saved? Here's an answer. Here's a real quick answer. A real short answer. A real affirmative answer. Listen, it's great. Of Gentiles and all mankind. These were Hebrew Pharisees who became believers and they became very legalistic in their way, in their walk. 
They are believing that the Gentiles cannot be saved unless they are circumcised, unless they have to do something. And that is so wrong. That is wrong. And I want you to hear me, church, everybody. It's not about doing. It's always about being. Every single time. Here we have a question of the gospel. And at this moment, in this ministry of God's gospel going forth, listen, this was, this was a hinge in society, in the history of the church. This was, this was a real deal issue right here. This, was, this could have been a real major disaster. But the Lord has a way of preserving his word and preserving his will and his way. His will is going to be done. But it could have changed out differently. This could have changed out so many. Salvation is here is in question. The gospel is in question in this right here. Even today, the gospel is always in question. There are many who don't believe the gospel to be true, nor do they want to listen well enough to see if it is true, or it's too easy, or I can't believe that. The gospel is used in two senses in the New Testament. Number one, write this down. Number one, they're facts of the gospel. The facts of the gospel. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to read this together. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 1. It says, Now, brothers, I want to clarify. Paul's speaking here to the Corinthian church. Now, brothers, I want to clarify for you the gospel. Church, Amen. I love that, Stephen. That's good. It's the good. Jesus came. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose again, hallelujah, from the dead. Amen. The gospel. So Paul... He said, you are also You hold to the message I proclaim to you unless you believe for no purpose. Number three, verse three. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received. That Christ, here it is, died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he, he appeared to Cephas. Then the twelve. Then he also appeared to who? He appeared to over 500 brothers at one time. Most of them were still alive at the time, but some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And then finally, last of all, as to one abnormally born, he also appeared to me, meaning the apostle Paul. Listen, these are facts. Get these facts. Fact number one, listen, we must receive it. You've got to receive it. Listen, you gotta, it's got to be taken as a gift that it is. It's given to you freely. Jesus gave his life for you freely. You don't have to do anything for it. He did it all. He, did, he gave it. He lavished his life and love for you. And he gives it to you freely.
come to save you. Come to save you. So you receive it and you stand on it. And listen, and then he says you're saved by it. You've got to be saved by it. Saved by it. Unless we don't believe. And many, there's many that do not believe. Many that do not believe. Another fact is that Christ died. did it all because if we had any part of it we mess it up and we know there are many examples of how we messed it up today there's many many examples all across the globe cross religions different things listen jesus i love this because this is the only faith listen that you don't have to do absolutely nothing but receive it believe it stand on it live in it and you're saved by it all jesus It's nothing about any man on the planet earth ever, past, present, or future. The only man on earth to change your life and to save you is the man, Jesus Christ. He's the only one. No way can you be saved any other way. So listen, if people put put bondage on, they put you in bondage when they start saying, you got these requirements to fulfill, you got those requirements to fulfill, you got these requirements to do, you got to say this penance, you got to do this, you got to say this, you got to, no, 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 that's absolutely, that's opposite of what Jesus is teaching here, what Paul is teaching here. By faith alone, by grace alone. Unmerited favor. None of us deserve the grace that we got. I don't deserve the grace I got. But for some reason, Jesus saw enough of me. He came and he died for me. Unmerited favor means I don't deserve it. I'm undeserving of any good thing. We all are. Nothing that we can do to save ourselves. That's why Jesus came. And I'm so thankful that he did. He came. In fact, Christ died once for all our sins. The fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. coming folks sooner than we think the fact another fact that he appeared to Peter this is the God book but there were men, there were witnesses that saw it in some men's books. And it's a fact. Jesus came. He was actually here. He lived. He died. He rose from the dead. He appeared to Peter in the twelve. And then another fact that he appeared to... It's hard to disprove when you've got 500 witnesses looking at the resurrected Jesus leaving terra firma, right? And he's raising up and going to take his seat at God the Father's right hand, and they're gazing. I'm sure they sat there for a while, so much so that two angels had to tell him, what are you looking at? Why are you standing gazing for the same Jesus you're seeing leaving? He's going to come back in just like he left. In other words, what do you think? For the benefit of others. For the benefit of God's kingdom. That's why we're all here. We're not here just to take up space. 
We're here to praise and worship the Lord. We're here to make him famous to people who have no idea who he is. We're here to cut through the confusion of what people try to say and how you have to be saved. There's only one way to save. And Jesus, the word teaches us right here exactly how we need to be saved. The fact is, he also appeared to James, the half-brother of Jesus, James. And we'll talk about him later in this chapter, not today. The fact is, he appeared also to Paul, who became an apostle in verse 8. Apostle Paul, who was persecuting and killing Christians, letting them be killed. And Jesus radically transforms his life. He had no help. All he had was Jesus. <laughs> Think about that. Jesus came to him. He received Jesus' free gift of salvation and radically gave us most of the New Testament. And it's really an incredible thing. Number two, first was facts of the gospel. Number two, the interpretation of those facts. The interpretation of the facts. It is the interpretation of the basic truth in the letter to the Galatians, as Paul writes. This is the crux of the whole matter at this first council in Jerusalem. So the gospel, listen, hinges on the fact what Paul states in Galatians 3.22. And look what he says. He says, but the scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Do you believe this morning? You are hearing the word of God. The word of God should reveal to you who Jesus is. Take your blinders off. Listen, ask God. I would ask the Lord, Lord, help me to understand. Lord, help me to see. Help me to hear. Help me to understand. Help my heart to be open. Lord, speak to my heart. Give me clarity. Give me purpose. Give me everything that I need so that I may understand who you are and why you did what you did. And that I would receive you into myself so that I can be saved for all eternity. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and you shall be what? Saved. There's the requirement. What must we do to be saved? Believe. Believe. And it's not just the word. That's an action word. It's an action word where you have to commit your life. You surrender. You yield your life to him each and every day. To believe in, listen, faith in Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. That's the requirement. That's what we believe in, that he did that personally just for you. We have to internalize this. this. We internalize his sacrifice by doing what? By yielding, by surrendering my will for his perfect will. The requirement is that you've got to become dead to yourself. You've got to die every single day to yourself and let God's will, let his spirit that's inside of you as a believer to control you through truth, absolute truth every day. And I'm telling you, it's a struggle because we're in the flesh, right? If I pitch you hard enough, you're going to go, what? Ow! Right? We're in the flesh. There are things we don't want to do. There are things that get our dander up, and it shouldn't. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit, too. But think about this. Salvation is so precious. It's so, and it's so available to every person. Jesus made it so simple that we and try to... Uh, as use our intelligence to rationalize how that can be. Oh, that's just too simple just to believe, just to trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's too easy. That's too easy. Listen, all we do is, listen, it's trusting in his shed blood to remove all my sin, all my past, present, and future sin. That's what we did. We got to trust in Jesus, trust in his blood that was spilled on Calvary 2,000 years ago. That, listen, he covers us. He wipes our sin away. That I heard Gary say, hey, listen, that when, listen, when, when Jesus looks at you and you're a saved person, listen, the only thing he sees is the fact that the blood of Jesus, his son, covers you and covers you. And he sees But anyway, but anyway, 
Jesus saves you. Jesus alone saves you. God is so good. Listen, the, the Judaizers were different from the unbelievers today. I want you to think about this. They, listen, the Judaizers of Jerusalem, they did not deny what Jesus did. They did not deny the power that he possessed. They did not. Listen, but unbelievers today, this is what, this is, when you look at unbelievers and you talk to a lot of them, you, you've heard these. They deny the facts of the gospel. They don't believe the gospel. They don't believe that some man came from heaven, died on the cross, and buried and rose from the dead. They deny the fact that the, 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 the that it's not coincidental. No way. No way. God, Jesus, is the answer every time. And listen, he backs it up with his evidence. For us to understand. But here's the thing. He's, not just going to, he's just not going to dump it out in your head. He's just not going to throw it out there on you. Listen, he wants you to, he wants you to examine the scriptures. He wants you to research it for yourself. He wants you to understand. He wants you to dive in and look for it yourself. He does. But see, the Judaizers, this is what they said. Listen, they denied, his, uh, the unbelievers denied his physical resurrection. They, st they still do today. I ain't nobody done that. I never seen nobody do that. They just say Jesus is a myth. That he never lived or died. We have too much evidence to show that he did live. He in fact did live. No coincidence. They deny that Jesus died for our sins. He's the only one that could die for our sins. And there's enough evidence of all the prophecies that were fulfilled from 1,500 years before Jesus was born to back it up. To supply the evidence through the Old Testament that the Messiah came, the Messiah left heaven's glory, came to earth. Man, it's no coincidence. That just does not happen. That's why Jesus, it was so important for Jesus when he was resurrected to instruct his disciples of all the prophecies in the Old Testament. That's why Peter, when he gets up and preaches, he pulls the Old Testament. And he says, look what happens. In James, in chapter 15, you're going to see next week where James goes back to Amos. And he pulls out Old Testament prophecy to validate We need to trust in him alone. It's amazing. The Ju Judaizers, listen, the Judaizers, the Jews back then, they did not deny the facts of the gospel. Why? They knew that Jesus died on the cross. They put him there. We all put him there. I don't want you to know that. All of us put him there. And it was because of our sin that he went to the cross. He laid his life down for us. Nobody arrested him and put him, forced him, although that was the act that took place. But Jesus could have called the scriptures, say 10,000 legions of angels to rescue him from where he was. But he came with a mission and a purpose. And his purpose was to love you and to pour himself out for you, Donna. To pour himself out for each and every one of us, Brother Ron. All of us. Jesus poured his life's blood for all of us. Touch should touch our hearts, Brother Kenny, right? Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus is the real deal. There's no other deal like him. There's no hope outside of Jesus. There's no president, no vice president, no king, no monarch, no anybody. Listen, forget all. You should look. You should be praying on your face and saying, Jesus, show me what I need to do. 
Our life is not our own as a Christian in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It's bought and paid for the price of Jesus' blood. If you're a saved believer here today, you don't even belong to yourself anymore. Jesus paid for your life. Now your life belongs to King Jesus forever. And listen, he is the best king, president, priest, whatever you want to call him. He is, there is no one any better to put your faith and trust in. Amen. Aren't you glad we have a king we can put our faith and trust in? To know that he has a place prepared for us, not with human hands, but with the hands of a God who loves us so much that he tells us to let not our heart be troubled. Right? To believe in God, believe in Him. He says, in my house are many dwelling places. We're not so I would have told you. He says, I go to prepare. Everything in your life. And we've got too many people out here that don't know Him. The Judaizers, listen, over 500 people saw the risen Savior at one time. The Judaizers knew that. They were there. They saw it. They probably witnessed it from afar, a lot of them. Listen, apostles were witnesses of his resurrection. They were there to testify to it. They came out of the closet. Jesus is the real deal, church. Jesus needs our life completely, all of it. Don't hold back nothing for yourself. There's a problem when you do that. Amen. I love y'all. You know I love y'all. This is cool. (laughs) I love it. The contention, listen, the contention arose over the interpretation of those facts right there. That's where the contention arose. Listen, these are the very questions that these guys are discussing that they have to answer. In Antioch as well as in Jerusalem, these are the questions that had to be answered. What did Christ do for you on the cross? That's a question that had to be answered. What did he do? He died for you. He, died for, he took all your sin and died for you on the cross. All of your sin. Every bit of it. Listen, the Gentiles to the Jews, doesn't matter who, is the work of Christ adequate to save you? What do you say, church? Amen. The work of the cross, what Jesus did, is adequate to save you entirely. Do you need to go through some ritual or something else in order to be saved? What? No. You sure don't. Listen, must you go through the law? No. Mm. These are the questions that they were asking. These are the questions that they're asking. And listen, and James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, has to make the determination. He's got to say, this is the way it is, boys. <laughs> this is what thus saith the Lord. This is, what, this is the direction we should go, and we're going to talk about that next week. Look at verse 3. Paul and Barnabas, they're on the way to Jerusalem in verse 3. When they had been sent on their way by the church in Antioch, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, explaining in detail the conversion of the Gentiles. And they were Hey man, let's every week let's baptize five or six people every week. That can be done, man. I would do whatever, you know. I would do whatever. So I would love to see that. Listen, explain in detail the conversion of Gentiles, and they've created great joy among all the brothers. Verse 4. When they of all the apostles and stuff, I bet they were excited just to go and be with them. And they reported, listen, this is how they're excited. They're probably chomping at the at the bits, going, no, I can't, we can get it. Hey, let me tell you what happened. Man, we went to Cyprus and we went there. And I 
don't think about the man. I like to spend a gnat on a wall or something somewhere. I mean, I'd be a flea on Paul. He's got itch, you know. I don't know. So I can see what's going on. It had been something, you know, to experience that. Sad thing is we can experience it today. We just got to believe it. We got to believe it. Yes. Verse 5, but some of the believers from the party, here we go, of the Pharisees stood up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. All right? Listen, they wanted to add some. to religion every single time when you add anything to it that's what religion is you know what Let him direct your life. Let him take care of you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Listen, heaven's not that far away. In fact, we're in the first heaven right here. There's a few more heavens to go to. It's awesome. We have a hope like no person on planet earth that doesn't know Jesus has. And we're here to share that hope with the world. Whether it's in Good News Club at Forest Ridge or wherever we go. Walmart, share the hope. Be the light. Be the salt and light of Jesus everywhere you go. Tell them about the freeness of the salvation. Tell them, tell them, tell them. They wanted to add something to the gospel. It becomes religion. The only approach to Jesus is by faith in him, period. Period. The only way... look at it, slow down and think about it. Jesus on his own lips from his own mouth he says I am what? He says I am the one. So we could be here today and praise his name and lift his name up. We're able to do that because Jesus gave us life. Jesus is everything. He is the way, the truth, the life. And then he says, listen, no one comes to the Father except through who? Through him. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Not any other person, not any other way, not Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. You see, Jesus has gathered the whole world into this right here. There is only one question that God has the lost world. And here's the question. What do you do with my son who died for you? What do you do with my son who died for you, church? He doesn't say, be a good boy. I'm a good boy. I don't do nothing wrong. And I've heard that so many times from people. How people are so good. The Bible just says we're not good. <laughs> the Bible says that none is good. No one else is righteous. There's no one that's good. No one. I'm only good because of Jesus. I've got to remind myself of that every day. I'm not good. There's only one that's good. Why do you ask me good when you talk to rich young ruler? Why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's God. Mm, 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 mm. Or, Jesus doesn't say, go to church. He doesn't say, you're good, or go to church. Because you go to church, you're good. No way. Or do this and do that. 
It's not because of that. God alone is good. He's the way, the truth, and life. There's no way. Going to church is not going to get you to heaven any faster. Right? No more than if I crawl in an oven and you call me a biscuit. And that would be tough. <laughs> I would not want that. Get that picture here. Yeah, no, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Listen, it's not about what we do. It's not rituals. It's not what we do, this or that, and the other thing is not. God says, my son died for you. What will you do with him? What will you do with him? The answer to that question will determine your eternal destination. It's all pointedly at Jesus. The Jerusalem Council, look at verse 6, it says, Then the apostles and the elders assembled to consider this matter. And then it says that Simon Peter is first to address his decision. Peter stands up. The rock, truly. Jesus, listen, Peter was the pebble that stands on the rock of Jesus. I want you to understand that. It's not that Peter was the rock. Is that, listen, Peter, the word Peter means pebble. <laughs> and it means that he stands on the bedrock of who Jesus is. He says, you are the rock. He says, you are the pebble that's going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to come against it. And so think about it. So Peter stands up amid the council and all the debate and all the discussion. Everything's going on. Look at verse 7. He says, after there had been much debate, Peter stood Call your brother and sister. Right? Brothers, he says, you are aware that in the early days God made a choice among you, and by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the gospel message and believe. Peter sums up the whole thing right here. This is not new, this is not a new decision for Peter. Peter already determined this at the salvation of of a Roman soldier named Cornelius. We studied it back in verse 10. He shared the gospel. He didn't share the law. He shared the gospel. The story in, in Acts chapter 10, if you look at it, the story in Acts chapter 10, it taught, shows where an angel visits the centurion, this, this Roman centurion, Cornelius, and, and comes and tells him. He goes, send a couple of you guys to go get Simon who was down by the ocean and bring him back. He was at Joppa and tell him to come on back. And so he comes back. And so Peter shows up at Cornelius' house, which is very unaccustomed because Peter, he was a Jew. He was a devout Jew. You just don't walk into a Gentile's house. You just don't. And he walked into his house and began to preach. And as he was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus with Cornelius and his whole household, look at Acts 10, 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, it says the Holy Spirit came down. Like that moment. Peter was very narrow minded, would not change his way as a Jew. Listen, remember, he wouldn't eat anything unclean, sticking close to the Mosaic system. Peter preached, they listened, people began getting saved. <laughs> saved by grace through faith. Peter had a of Jesus and his word. Not decided by what he did for us. Amen? Not by eating or not eating meat. Right? Not You want to be in church. You want to be hear the word of God. We are free to choose what we wish to do about these other things under the Spirit's lordship and leadership in the word of God. 
We have freedom in our connection with Christ. We do have freedom. When Jesus frees us, he frees us. Look at verse 8. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them by giving what? The Holy Spirit, just as he also did. The only way to salvation is by grace through faith. We must accept his son only. All unrighteousness. Jesus himself. Only one way. God saves us on the basis and one basis only. Grace through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he saves us. Before Jesus, nothing but sacrifices were brought to God. Sacrifices. sacrifice and not even realizing what that would that look like all those temple sacrifices every one of them before jesus none of the sacrifice ever brought to god they all understood that those sacrifices could not take all their sin permanent away that's why every year there had to be a sacrifice for the nation every year the priest would go into the holy holy sprinkle the blood on their mercy seat for the forgiveness of the sins of a nation for the entire year that's why the priest did that until the Messiah came. Until the Messiah came and hung on a cruel cross. And when he died on that cross, the Bible says that the temple curtain that separated the two compartments of that temple was torn from top to bottom. Listen, the temple curtain was this thick, as wide as my hand. That's how thick the curtain was in the temple. It said it would take, even oxen couldn't pull it apart, separate it. And it ripped not from bottom to top because that one, man could probably start the incision at the bottom and cause it to rip. But no, it, it tore from top to bottom. It was like 30 foot tall or more. When Jesus hung on that cross and died, listen, he said, there's no more sacrifices. I am the sacrifice for all of you, for the world. He came. He came. Why can't we admit that we are all lost sinners and quit playing games? We can't. Why can't we come and confess that we don't know, that we don't please God? Why can't we confess that we don't please God? Why don't you come to Christ as a sinner and trust Christ as your Savior? He will receive you right now. Listen, John. Same way. Listen, Saul of Tarsus came the same way. Nothing that you could do. Look at verse 11. On the contrary, we believe we are saved through the grace of the Lord.
faith alone. Through faith alone. In Jesus Christ alone. I can't explain it any simpler. The scriptures do all the explaining for me. That's a beautiful thing about a pastor. All you got to do is share the word of God, right? It's already written. We just got to preach it, spray it, share it, whatever we need to do. Say it, spray it, whatever. Listen, folks. Very serious business. Make sure you understand your salvation. Don't let churches, don't let other men or people tell you something that's contrary to what I just shared with you out of the living word of God. You are saved by grace through faith, and as Jesus did it all by himself for you and for me. And if you have tried to come another way, listen, that's not in the Bible. (laughs) This is in the Bible. This is why you need to read the Bible. And the more you read the scriptures, the more that God takes his word and, and, and opens your mind and opens your heart to see more of who he is. This is why I say, be in it every single day. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be sitting here today. You might have said, man, I was, man, I was baptized when I was an infant. The priest said, I was saved when I was, because I was baptized when I was an infant. That's wrong. Believer's baptism. You have to be a believer before you start to be baptized. You have to have an understanding that Jesus died on the cross for you. You have to believe in Jesus. Listen, folks, Jesus believes in you. Or he wouldn't have done that on the cross. So if you're here today and you came any other way except through the shed blood of Jesus, if you have not put your faith and trust in his death on the cross and his burial, his resurrection, that you truly believe that he did that for you, then you need to, listen, come to grips with that this morning because he did do that just for you. As if you were the only one, he did that just for you. You got to receive him right now by faith. The grace has been applied. Unmerited favor is given to you. He already did the work. Receive it by the faith that you have to sit in that pew that you're sitting in. Know it's going to hold you up. You all have faith. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I listen to Brother Phil. I listen to the word. I listen to you, Jesus, right now. And Lord, I need to surrender my life to you, Jesus, today. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Save me, Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you were buried in a grave. And Lord, I really believe that you rose from the dead on the third day to overcome death, hell, and the grave for me. I receive you, Jesus, into my heart this very morning. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me this morning. I thank you for your word, God. And Lord, I want to chase after you. I want to turn away from what I've been doing, Jesus. Living my life my own way, my own purpose, my own thing. Lord, I want to chase after your instructions. I want to chase after you, Jesus, with all my heart. I look to you to lead me and guide me into all truth, Jesus, from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me this morning. I ask and I thank you for it. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us, Lord, to be led by your spirit. Help us to be led by your word. Help us to be led by you, Jesus. God, that you would show us the way that we should go and that we would stick to it, Lord. That we would spend huge amounts of time with you every single day, knowing that everywhere we go, Lord Jesus, you go with us. Help us to be the light and the love and the life And God, lead and direct our lives to make the right decisions, not the fleshly decisions, but the spiritual decisions based on the prompting of your spirit and the wooing of the word of God in our hearts and minds. Use us for your glory, Jesus. I thank you for those who may have prayed to receive Christ. I thank you for those who may have had to recommit their lives to Christ this morning by saying, Lord, forgive me. I've been messed up and I've been doing it wrong. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to do it anymore, that I can be in you, Jesus, and you in me. Be being 
And Father, I thank you for every soul that's here today. We are without excuse from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Listen, if you trusted Christ as your Savior, I would like to know about that. Denise and I will be up here in the foyer, and we'll have to meet with you, your guests. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, We'd love to meet you up here in the foyer as well. I trust that you guys have a fantastic week. Amen? Amen. Love you all. God bless you all. Have a good day. Thank you.